Welcome to Adding Fuel to the Hire, a podcast for hiring managers and job seekers across all types of dealerships. With over 20 years collective recruitment experience, Rowan, Tony and Phil draw upon their knowledge to help you navigate through the recruitment and job hunt process. For more information, head to our website, addingfueltothehire.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. I'm your host this week, Rowan Co. and with me I have Tony Flynn. How's it going, Tony? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, this week we're here to talk about job ads and more specifically the jargon mm. used within job ads. Uh, if you've ever searched for a job uh, and seen job ads online, especially in the uh, more recent times, you, you would have seen that there's a lot of uh, different words used in job ads. And today we thought we'd go through a few of them uh, and just explain a little bit about what they mean and maybe what behind uh, the scenes that people are thinking about when they're actually using those words. Yeah, what, how, the hidden how, meanings. Yeah, that's right. How to interpret it yourself. Um, and then we might also then cover off on some red flags uh, and what to watch out for mm. in job ads because sometimes there's there's lines that people use in job ads that uh, kind of give away uh, maybe some background information yep. that potentially they didn't consider uh, when they were writing it. So we'll cover off on a few of those and, um, yeah, hopefully – guide you into being able to understand job ads a little bit more when you're doing your job search. So why don't we start in um, straight away? We'll, we'll go through, first we'll go through all the common phrases that we, yeah. that you might see in a job ad and just talk about what, what they might mean. So um, the first one that uh, we've got listed here is competitive salary. So in a job ad, it, it might say, you know, uh, you know, this role would suit somebody with you know, mid mid level experience, uh, and the salary that an offer is competitive, or there's a competitive salary yeah. on offer, or something like that. Do you want to talk us through perhaps what some of that can mean? Yeah, well, usually from from my experience, there's two potential meanings to that. So, the first one is that it's just going to be in line with the market rate. So, if uh, it's standard that it's going to be eighty k for that role, and, and everyone in the industry is well aware of that, then you could probably expect that the role is going to be around that eighty k mark, give or take. Um, a little, but the other one, which is often more common um, when you see competitive salary written, is the fact that they haven't necessarily agreed on a salary, um, and that could be for a range of reasons. But usually, it's because they want to just get as many people through the door as they can, find out you know where the market does sit, what do we need to get you over the line, and then we'd be happy to negotiate um, based on that. So, um, I suppose the meaning is ultimately. You know, whatever we're going to pay you, it's going to be competitive to what you're on because we're ultimately going to try and beat it. But we just want to hear from you first, and um, you know, give us the option to try and um, try and top what you're on. Um, the next one, it's a common phrase, but I suppose not everyone is aware of what it means, and that's pro rata. Yeah, so um, this means in proportion. So uh, generally, it's it's used in um, part time roles. So if uh, you know you're working four days a week. Uh, it might be a pro rata salary of fifty thousand per annum. Basically, that means that if you were to work full time, you'd be paid fifty thousand dollars a year. But because you're going to be working four out of five days, so that's um, that would be the the dis the difference in that uh, salary. So it's a it's a reduced rate, but it's indicating that if you were to work full time, this is what it would be. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess another salary one, and, and most of these first few are around salary. Uh, OTE. Uh, I always thought I knew what this was, um, but a lot of people 
when I'm talking to them, they about jobs that we've advertised and because we use OTE a lot, especially in dealerships, Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, salary packages that include incentives and and other things. So we've used it quite a lot, but uh, I have a lot of people ask during interviews, oh, what does OTE stand for? So... Yeah, uh, why don't you talk us through that one? Yeah, and I, I was the same having having learnt from you originally um, what OTE was. I just assumed that it was a common phrase that everyone knew. But, um, yeah, I've had some examples as well where people have asked me and, and I was, yeah, quite taken back. Um, but it just does mean on-target earnings. So, um, you know, most commonly obviously for sales roles or, or even, you know, parts interpreter roles where there is commission involved. So, um, your base might be 50k, um, but OTE would be around the 100k mark. And what that is is saying that um, you know if you're a good salesperson, you're meeting your targets. Um, you're um, you know ultimately you're you're doing the job to the standard that we expect. Then you can expect to take home that uh, 100k as on target earnings. So if you're below that, well, you might not be performing to the level that they expect and not hitting the targets. Um, and if you're above that, well, then uh, you're obviously a, a top performer. Um, who's yeah earning as much uh, as possible? I've also heard it referred to as overall total earnings. Oh yeah. So that's a different one for you. Um, but yeah, in, in my mind, it, yeah, it's it's what you just said, which is uh, your base plus your commissions, and that's uh, you know if you were to hit your targets, that's what you would earn. So that's generally what we mean when we use that term. Yeah, and I suppose just on that one, it's. Um, can often throw people off when it says OTE 100k and and they find out that the base is 50k and they go oh well you know I'm, I'm no guarantee of getting paid 100k but I I often joke about the fact that if you're not getting paid 100k um, for a lot of these roles um, you probably have bigger things to worry about because you aren't on target and you're not reaching the goals that they have set in place so um, you know probation might become an issue that type of thing so a lot of the times when there is OTE you can genuinely expect to do that if you are a good performer. Um, two words about you. You'll see it very commonly in uh, in job adverts now, where they might list a, a whole bunch of information, and then it says about you, and then it will will divulge a little bit about that beyond that. Um, what does it mean? Yeah, so the about you section of a job ad uh, is generally a list of the uh, prerequisites that they want for the role. So they're really describing the type of person that they want for the position, the experience, um, you know, what what sort of uh, ambition and drive you may have and where you might see yourself. So, you know, I might talk about you're the type of person who would do this or uh, you might come from a dealership with this experience or you may have managed staff up to, you know, 10 people in a workshop, something like that. So it, it's really describing the type of person that they're looking for. So when you're applying for a job, make sure you do read that because yeah. the um, the description there is is the ideal person. That's that's what they're looking for. And if, if you don't tick many of those boxes, then you're probably not the right person for that position. So it may not be worth putting an application in. So have a good read of it. Make sure you fully understand what they're looking for and the type of experience that they've got and, and you'll be more likely to get put through to the next round if you're closely aligned to that. Yeah, spot on. Um, another two-word uh, buzzword that we see a lot is team player. So, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's fairly obvious, but why don't you talk us through it? Yeah, so the obvious one is the fact that you can expect that you know a large portion of your role is going to be uh, in team environments, um, sharing ideas, helping other people out. Um, but also it might mean that, hey, we expect there to be a level of flexibility with you and compromise because you're going to be having to manage you know multiple um 
relationships, I suppose, within that team. So be happy to, to compromise and you can't always just get your own way. Um, but it can also be a potential red flag um, because often it can be put in there um, if they've had a high turnover where there's a, uh, say, an employer or, or a leading manager who doesn't like his authority or his or her authority to be questioned um, and so he's um, or they've made a number of people or terminated a number of people because they don't like that pushback because people think there's other ways things can be done better. Um, so often team player can actually mean, hey, we want someone to come in and, and kind of keep their mouth shut and um, yeah, not tell us how to do our jobs basically. Um, attention to detail. So it's a common one. I think it's almost a throwaway, throwaway line a lot of the time uh, in job ads. We want someone with attention to detail. But what, do, what what's some of the hidden meanings or, or what does that actually mean? Yeah, so with attention to detail in a job ad, um, there's a couple of things. Yes, it's fairly obvious as to what they're looking for. They want somebody who's not going to make mistakes. But the key thing to remember here is if you see that, you really want to make sure that you have no errors in your CV or your cover letter. Uh, because they're going to be looking for that. And I've, I've seen ad advertisers uh, post job ads where they say that they're looking for somebody with attention to detail uh, and then somewhere within the ad there's a spelling mistake or, or something intentionally yep. um, to check that this person can pick up on it. So if the job ad says attention to detail, reread the job ad very closely because you want to make sure that you have read the full job ad before you apply because there might be something there to test you. Yeah. And if you think, yep, I've got attention to detail, I'll apply, uh, but there was something in there, you know, find the spelling mistake in this job ad and put it in your cover letter Yeah. Uh, and you miss that, then you don't have attention to detail. So very important that if it says attention to detail that you um, you do that. You make sure you've got no errors in your CV and cover letter and you reread the job ad to make sure that there's no secret uh, uh, requisites that they're looking for there. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I've seen this a lot, especially in dealerships where um, they're looking for, basically they want somebody to come in and, and be able to start. So they quite often list proven track record Yeah, uh, is, is a phrase that we see often. So why don't you talk us through that one? Yeah, a couple of meanings again, um, but largely it's they want someone with dealership experience, whether that's in the same role, um, or a very transferable skill set for another industry. Um, ultimately, they want you to show them in your application how you're going to hit the ground running from day one. Um, you know, proven track record is ultimately a, an employer's way of saying, hey, we do not want to have to train this person. We want them to be able to come in and hit the ground running. So what is it that you've done in your career that will allow you to do that almost straight away? Um, ultimately, we'd like someone that's done this role in the past at another dealer um, but otherwise, if it's not, what's your transferable skill set? Um, you know, you might have been uh, been managing a service department, but overseen a lot of the parts side of things. Well, now you're applying for a parts manager's job, so you know that's your transferable skill set. So you you just have to try and yeah get on the front foot again and say, hey, this is my proven track record. This is how I'm going to be able to just uh, get started immediately without uh, too much effort from you, your half of part of it, I suppose. Um, the other, I suppose, similar to team player, it's a, an adjective used to describe the ideal candidate a fair bit, um, and that's self-starter. What does that one mean? Yeah, so what they're looking for here when they use the word self-starter is somebody who to, can get on with it, basically. Uh, somebody who uh, knows what needs to be done, uh, and they don't need that supervision uh, from a, a manager to come in and say, 
uh, I need you to do this today or you, you need to be able to do this. Uh, you should be able to manage your own time and find things that need to be done. So uh, you'll be managing your own workload. So that's generally what that means. Um, so uh, they're looking for somebody that they can trust, somebody that they can trust that they will just do their job without yeah. having to be followed up. So a self-starter is somebody who, you know, will, will come into work and just get straight on with it and know what to do and doesn't need that guidance. So. Yeah, ultimately, it can almost be the opposite of a team player. Um, so if you see self-starter, you could almost expect to be isolated a lot in your job and, and working on your own. So if you are, th you know, if you thrive on a team environment and you get uh, bored and lonely on your own, well, then you, if you see self-starter, it's probably not for you. That's right. Um, another one I've seen a lot is dynamic or dynamic environment. You know, you'll be joining a, a dynamic environment or our office is a dynamic environment or this role is very dynamic. Yeah. Powerful what, word. It is. What does it mean? What does dynamic mean? Ultimately, it can mean a couple of things, but my interpretation is if I see dynamic or dynamic environment, I'm thinking, all right, my teammates are going to have a lot of ideas, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, fast-paced energy, people are going to be throwing ideas out of there and we're going to have to run and, and change tack a lot and be happy to be fluid with it all. So it, it basically it's saying to you, you know, you're going to have to come up with good ideas, you're going to have to throw them out there and have the energy to push them and to chase them, but also be happy to be on the receiving end of them and to jump and, I suppose, pivot sideways um, and, and just be fluid with it all. Um, but it can also mean be a little bit of a red flag, I suppose, that it does mean, hey, um, <laughs> senior management changed their minds a lot. Um, so it's, it's a dynamic environment because it's going to change every couple of days. Every time you think you know what you're doing or how you're going to be doing it, it's going to change. So it can have a hidden meaning once again. I think it means that you just got to be on your toes. Exactly, yeah. whether it's for, for good or bad. Yeah, that's um, right. Which segues nicely into uh, our potential red flags to watch out for. Um, the first one is my personal favourite because it is a it's very, my personal favourite. <laughs> it's a very common one, and I think people are starting to figure it out now. But it was it, I, I would say it boomed about five to six years ago, where every job had just about had it, um, and that is you need a good sense of humour. <laughs> but uh, what is the the potential red flag there? Well, look, unless you're applying to be a stand-up comedian, I don't think that having a good sense of humour is a prerequisite for any job. I think most people are, uh, you know, easy to get along with and it's, a, it's an expectation that you can fit in with the team and, and you're, you're, you know, you're a person that can interact with other people. Yeah. Um, I don't think it needs to be spelled out. But the thing that uh, does come up with this is that uh, if, if it says good sense of humour, there's probably a good chance that the last person perhaps either didn't have a good sense of humour in this role or they felt that the humour or banter or uh, office communication was perhaps a little bit inappropriate. So yeah. if that's something that, uh, that would bother you, um, then I would use this as a red, red flag. If it says that, then you probably know that there's going to be perhaps some in, inappropriate uh, yep. jokes and that sort of stuff. And if, if you're fine with that, that's fine. Uh, but th that would be a red flag uh, to watch out for, I think. A hundred percent. It can often mean, hey, we uh, we have a lot of banter and it often goes over the line of bullying. We've had people complain <laughs> in the past, so be okay with that if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. that, that can often mean what it's what it's saying. That's right. That's right. Um, one I see a fair bit as well on, on job boards is where the company doesn't list their name. So they don't say anything about themselves. They say company confidential or it's a private advertiser or, or something like that. 
there, there can be some red flags there and things to watch out for. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, the first obvious one that comes to mind is that it's potentially could potentially be your job. Um, you know, if the skill sets match you perfectly and it sounds like you, then it's a good chance that, um, you know, they, they are listing as confidential to not raise any red flags with people that are currently in the role. So that's the first one. Um, and if it's not you, it likely is that there's someone in that role that they're looking to get rid of. Um, the other one is, you know, is the, is the job actually available? Is it uh, a company just purely pretending to advertise to collect resumes and to build on their database? Um, I know there's a lot of recruiters out there that potentially do it. Um, I know from our perspective, from a recruitment company's perspective, we don't list companies' details on there, but that's purely just to protect our business interests um, and ultimately to be able to collect the applications that, that we deserve by advertising. Um, so I wouldn't read into it too much, but a lot of the times it, it can be because you know the job doesn't actually exist. At least you still know who you're applying to. If a recruitment agency has listed an ad, they, exactly. they, they may not have said the name of the business, but you know that you're dealing with that agency. Uh, if it's a private advertiser, you don't know who has your details, yeah. um, which to me would be concerning because there are instances of fraud and stuff on uh, on job boards where you can apply for a job that you don't know about or there's no company information and then they've got all your details, your resume uh, yeah, a lot of personal information. Yeah, and I've, I've heard horror stories. It is highly unlikely to happen, but you, you might come across those confidential advertisers put in your application. It turns out it's your current uh, current company and they might call you into the office and say, oh, what are you doing uh, What are you doing on a job board putting in applications? So, yeah, the chance of it happening is very low, but it, it can happen. Yeah. Um, another... I suppose classic common potential red flag is uh, we work hard and play hard. <laughs> what uh, I think it's fairly obvious, but what can the uh, the underlining meanings be there? Um, most of the time, when I see work hard, play hard, you you should really look at the first part of that being work hard because that will be predominantly of what it is. What they're saying is we work really hard. Uh, we'll put a lot of pressure on you to get things done, and you'll be potentially working extra hours, yeah. um, but we also don't mind having a drink afterwards and, and going out to the pub or, uh, you know, so the, the the core thing to take away is not the play hard part, it's uh, we work hard and yeah. this is going to be a high-pressure job where you'll, you'll be doing a lot of things and ex- expectations for weekend work and after-hours work might be there, um, but we also enjoy a drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's just a... A way to, uh, I suppose, flag with potential candidates that yeah, this is going to be full on. So, and it's a nice way of saying it. You know, work hard, play hard. So, um, yeah, there, there is that element of. It. But also, I think with the play hard element of it, you don't want to look into it too much. But if you are someone that you know enjoys just leaving work and going home and leaving their home, their work life at work and and disconnecting from the business, then often you know when you see work hard, play hard, it's probably not for you. Because, you know, it might be a lot of uh, unspoken expectations that you kick on for drinks after work and, you you know, you're in the city till 8 o'clock at night having a drink with your colleagues, which isn't for everyone. Um, so that is something to, to think about. Yeah, and another one that uh, we quite often see is a fast-paced environment. This workplace is a fast-paced environment. Yeah. What does that mean? 
Well, there is a genuine meaning to it. Like I, I've seen ads that we've posted ourselves, um, particularly say from a, a parts interpreter's perspective, if you're in a call center and it's high volume calls or um, any ads that fill posts in a service advisor role, there's just a high volume of ROs in a day. It can just mean exactly what it says. This is a full on high paced role where you're just going for eight hours a day. Um, but often, and probably more often, it, it's a hidden meaning for, hey, you're going to be um, you're going to be a firefighter for us, just putting out fires all day. Um, it's going to be unorganised. We probably don't have any systems in place, or at least they're ineffective, or the, the processes are at least. Um, so it'll be fast paced because we haven't really figured anything out yet. So just just go for eight hours. So um, yeah, there is definitely a double meaning to that one. Um, the other one I like is uh, we're looking for a passionate employee. What does the word passionate mean? Look, I think passionate can mean good things. It doesn't necessarily be, need to be a full red flag. I mean, you know, they, they want somebody who's passionate about, you know, something at work. Mm. Um, I've often said that in job ads, just being passionate about something. It doesn't need to be work-related. It doesn't have to do anything to do with work. Uh, as long as there's a, um, some sort of passion for something, if you've got something there, it shows that you've driven and you've got something that you can build towards. So yeah. there can be a positive there for sure. Um, but c- sometimes it can mean that uh, they are looking for somebody who's passionate enough to come into work uh, and and do the job, but uh, probably a little bit less uh, money, uh, maybe longer hours because it's what they like. Not get paid overtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, it might be willing that uh, might be want meaning uh, that the company wants you to put their your your job and your work responsibilities over your personal responsibilities and interests. So something to consider um, and, and think about, depending on what the role is. For sure. Yeah, bang on and. I think that's a probably a good place just to summarise it all and ultimately I think the important take-home message from this is just when it comes to jargon, it, it's better to avoid it. There's multiple reasons for that with the way that um, artificial intelligence is scanning and, and I suppose publishing content now on job boards and that type of thing. Um, but ultimately, it just the, the candidates and the job, applica- job appliers just want to see plain English. They want to know exactly what the role is. Um, my personal number one most hated thing ever. And, and thankfully our industries are pretty good and they don't do it often, but sales ninja <laughs> just does my head in. Or guru. Or guru. I must yeah. admit I have used guru before Ooh. and I feel really bad about it because it <laughs> just sounds terrible. Um, but, uh, you know, those sort of words, yeah, they really detract from, you know, what the actual job is. Uh, I found a survey online, it was of around 20,000 people, and they said that 71% of people uh, were discouraged from applying for a job ad because it used excessive jargon. So, you know, putting those words in there just to fluff it up or or expand the text, it's really not helping. It's probably hurting. I think from my perspective, if I was a job seeker looking through and I saw jargon like that in in an ad, I would think that you're trying to fluff it up and hide because there are no real selling factors, so you're trying to, uh, you know, make my mundane, boring sales role sound like I'm going to be dressing in all black and running around with a samurai sword being a ninja. Like, <laughs> it, it just, yeah, there's there's no meaning to it. There's no purpose. That's right. And that's the last episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire for this season. Uh, we've enjoyed doing the last 30 or something, uh, 30 or so episodes for you guys over the last six months. Uh, it's been an interesting 2020 
Um, and, uh, yeah, we look forward to potentially coming back in the new year for some new episodes. Uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, we thank you for listening and we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of Adding Fuel to the Hire. If you have any questions or you'd like to hear us talk about a particular topic, why not send us an email at podcast at addingfueltothehire.com. If you like what we do and would like to support our podcast, please leave a review on your podcasting app of choice. For further information, please visit our website, addingfueltothehire.com.